Sam Prendergast. He's Mr. Composure for the end of the game to bring a team from behind to win. You can't win anything with kids. You know, it was, I actually thought it was fantastic. And I don't know if you can hold back the hype. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Well, Brian, uh, was a. An absolutely brilliant Premier League clash this afternoon between Newcastle United and Arsenal who take a 2-0 win and a big three points in what's left of the Premier League race. But just on the performance today by Arsenal, going away to a team that bullied them off the park in the reverse fixture back in January, Newcastle got the point in that game uh, in London, getting a 0-0 draw. You'd have to say in response to that particular game and the way they were bullied in that match, it was a really, really impressive performance by Arsenal. Yeah, and they've had a very sticky time. Good win during the week, obviously, at Chelsea. But uh, four games before that, Steve Morel getting a win, looked like the, their attempts to win the Premier League were crumbling with the three draws. Very, Some of them disappointing. Liverpool, not not, not a, a, a massively bad result, but the draw at West Ham, 2-0 up. The draw with Southampton at home, 3-3. And then they were just you know demolished I'd say by Manchester City demolished and exposed for any weaknesses they had in that 4-1 defeat which almost flattered them but uh, came back well with the win during the week and played very well today played with strength resilience and a uh, real threat on the counter-attack. And I, I thought Giorgino coming into the middle of the field made a big difference. Big call from the manager to leave out Partey, Thomas Partey, who's been the key this season, a key player for them. Um, but Giorgino was, was excellent today. He gave them he gave them kind of just a presence and leadership and good quality on the ball as well. Whereas... Uh, I, I thought the attacking players played impressively too. Uh, Odegaard scored a great goal, made made a few other chances, got a great chance to put them 2 0 up just before half time, uh, only for Pope's excellent save. Martinelli was always a threat in the game, his ability to, to carry the game to Newcastle was very, very important. Defended with, with great vigour and intelligence, I'd nearly say, too. So all round, it was a very good performance. I mean, Newcastle played with the verve and intensity you expect for them, particularly in the, in the first half. Second half, I didn't think they played as well. And they, they obviously got a bit frustrated and, and lost heart, I think, when Arsenal scored that crucial second goal by Martinelli. What do you think was key for Arsenal? Because Newcastle came out of the blocks fast in the first half. You, you might even say they had the better to play in the opening 15 minutes. And even for the most part of the first half, Newcastle played really, really well. And again, the opening stages of the second half. So what do you think was key to Arsenal keeping that clean sheet this afternoon? Well, I, I, I think we need a bit of luck here and there. They got the break, obviously, in the, the non-penalty situation early on. They hit the post, Jacob Murphy, in the initial attack where Arsenal struggled to get out of their own half in the first few minutes of the game. I mean, I, I made the comment that Pope, I don't think Nick Pope had touched the ball until Arsenal scored around the 12th minute. Up until then, Newcastle were on top. They were pressing Arsenal high up the pitch. Uh, but again, Arsenal showed character 
and a real bottle, I thought, to keep trying to play it out, and out from the back and playing through the press. And uh, the, 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 as the game went on, the Zinchenko started to take up that midfield position to give them the overload in there. That was crucial to some of the opportunities they had in the first half. Uh, what? How? How did they survive under that pressure early on? A little bit of good fortune when Jacob Murphy's chance uh, hit the post, but also good goalkeeping from Ramsdale where he made a really good save from from um, uh, Will. Uh, was coming in off yeah, the Willock, yeah. yeah, Willock coming in off the left hand side. Really good save, but also the unit of the back four were good and the protection that Gino and Zaka gave them. Granite Zaka that was coming in beside Jorginho they all uh, almost as I said in the commentary played like a 4-4-1-1 with Odegaard the one playing off the front who was helping out midfield they had a good shape about them today Arsenal but they had to show strength and character to deal with the intensity of of, um, Newcastle's play and the raucous nature of the Newcastle fans fantastic atmosphere at the game today Stephen yeah, it sure was. And Arsenal did manage to see out the win and get those three points, which now means that they're just one point behind Manchester City, who have a game in hand. Manchester City will be playing against Everton next. That's a good as in Park. And uh, I don't know, we're going to have Arsenal against Brighton next week on, on news talking off the ball. Like, how do you see those next two games? Because I, I'm looking at the Arsenal fixtures. They're playing Ars- or Brighton at home, Nottingham Forest away, and Wolves at home. Wolves. They'll probably be safe at that stage. Forrest will still be battling for survival uh, in the uh, relegation race or relegation battle, I should say. Uh, Brighton, Brighton are the other one and Brighton are, are still yeah. well in the mix. Trying I mean, to get Brighton, into Europe. Brighton ha- yeah, well, but they probably feel they're in the mix for a Champions League spot still if they can win all the games. I think Brighton have only played 32 games yeah. and they, they, they uh, Brighton play tomorrow. So, um, Brighton will be still in the mix for a European spot. So, I think... Um, I think Manchester City have still say Manchester City yeah, have so to City, play Everton Everton away Brighton yeah they've Chelsea. got Everton away Chelsea at home Brighton away and then Brentford away yeah and they've also got the two Champions League Champions games League in, in there, there overnight and we saw yesterday they made I think six or seven changes yesterday still looked like a strong team mm. but didn't win that convincingly yesterday it was only 2-1 now that was the manager would annoy on the Real Madrid match during the week saying I will hold a few of them back. He held Jack Grealish back. Bernardo Silva was another one that didn't play yesterday. Two important players in attacking position. It didn't look much weaker up there at that end of the pitch. Probably didn't look that much weaker all around. Uh, but at the same time, if he if he does that in one of these league matches and it doesn't quite come over offer them, you know, who knows? They, they, they've not got... They've not gotten the easiest run in, I'd say, Manchester City. They've got three away games out of four. Mm. Arsenal's trickiest match, I would say. Brighton, obviously, a very good side. Are well capable of going to Arsenal and getting a point to win the match. The match will be Forest to be a difficult match because Forest are, will, mm. will be still trying to scrape out, out, of the, um, out, out of the relegation zone. The Wolves won, they should be capable of winning. But at this stage, would you say Arsenal get nine points? They could get nine points. But, but they might get a bit less but I think they've got to get nine points for if they're going to edge Manchester City because they need City haven't lost a match since I think the Spurs match in February mm. and since then in the league I think maybe they've had a couple of draws but very few with the last of the one ten games in a row now so 
you know, we'll, 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 I mean, what, what Arsenal need to do, they've got to win their three games, but they only need Manchester City to draw one game. Mm. And that gets them back back into the situation where they can win it. It's very that's, interesting. That's possible. Yeah. It, is, it is interesting. All Arsenal can do is try and keep the pressure on City, isn't it? Yeah, really? by winning the game. And they've games, done that today. By winning that game today was vital that there's no, that, like, had they only drawn today even, that would have... It would have given Manchester City comfort. What would they have had a three-point lead? Mm. Um, had Arsenal only drawn today, but now the lead is back down to one. So it is very interesting for the few games, and particularly with Manchester City having those two Champions League game yeah. either side of the Everton game. Yeah. And then you're kind of looking at Newcastle, Brian, and the last couple of weeks you're feeling the way these guys are playing, they're banging form, playing really good football, especially at home. Now all of a sudden they're beating at home and you're kind of thinking the Champions League qualification place where it looked like they had it all signed, sealed and delivered is under threat now because Liverpool are on a good run. As you mentioned, Brighton are still in the mix there. You think Tottenham might have too much to do. Manchester United, they've got a tough away game now because West Ham are in good form as we uh, have this interview now. And look at Newcastle's fixtures. They're away to Leeds United. Leeds desperate to beat relegation. Then they're at home against Brighton. Away to Leicester and then away to Chelsea. So it's not an easy few games for Newcastle either. No, all those teams have an interest. The ones near the bottom, Leicester and Leeds, you know, we saw with Leeds yesterday how they played. They know how that game is is going to be a similar one with, with, with Sam, how the team be set up, 4-5-1, um, playing the counter-attacks, set pieces, depending on that. But it'll be a diff- difficult match. Brighton, we've spoken about already. They're chasing the, they're chasing Champions League place as things stand. Leicester in the relegation zone as well. They need the points, so they got to, you know. But they're in the position they're in because they've been having the poor season. Chelsea away looks like an easy match because of Chelsea's form. But nonetheless, Chelsea have real quality and will want to finish the season. If they, they can disrupt somebody else's chance to get into Champions League, I'm sure they'll want to do that. What Chelsea will turn up for that game? Who knows? After six defeats in a row, they won yesterday. How will they be? But they certainly have the players and the quality to give Newcastle a match at home in the last game. So, you know, they've a bit to do yet, Newcastle, but either way, it's been a great season. I think they'll still make it. And you mentioned Brighton there as well, Brian. As you said earlier, they're going to play tomorrow. They're at home against Everton. It's a 5.30 kickoff. There is some talk Evan Ferguson could make his return from injury in that game, which would be a huge boost for, I suppose, Irish football fans watching on. Uh, but for himself, having just signed that long-term deal with Brighton, how key do you think he could be if he is fit for Brighton in the, in the last few games? Well... I think it'll be an important boost for them, but n- not absolutely critical for them because they played so well without them in recent weeks. They brought in some new young players into the team who have had a um, an amazing impact, really. And you know, I, 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 look, I think managers want to have. I mean, he he's been in the team as a starter uh, since the World Cup. On a, on a fairly regular basis obviously the manager thinks he, he's the best player they have in that position when he's fitting well so if he is fitting well I would say he would start on the bench the next match and then he might start the following game after that if uh, it, you know uh, unless somebody, one of the other players steps up and, and, and produces magic to keep him out of the team but um, 
obviously it'd be better for Brighton if they have him available because he's, he, he, they see him as a impor- very important player a first choice first 11 player when he's fit that's what he's developed into it was interesting just to ask you finally Brian on Ferguson because he signed that new long term deal did you look at that he's 18 years of age he's got four Premier League goals this season and 13 appearances he's got three in the FA Cup as well um, did you see that as kind of Brighton making sure they've got him for next season or is it kind of protecting the assets of a big club comes in this summer that they're going to get a lot of money for him what, what way would you look at that and do you even think Ferguson should stay at Brighton next season even if a big offer comes in just to get more Premier League experience well I think protecting their assets and rewarding the player for his performances is uh, would have been behind that that there was you know he obviously had a half decent contract for his age but you know when a young player breaks into the first team um, it changes his position in the pecking order in the club and that yeah, I'm talking about the pecking order in terms of who's paid the most money and strikers are generally paid the most money because the hardest area the pitch to play in so they would have wanted to protect our asset but also to protect our asset that they get a, a proper fee for him if and when he is to move on if he does ever move on but also to reward the player for making the progress he has played. I mean, the, you know, he he should be up there with the players who are playing in the in the regular best 11 of the manager on the wages scale. He should be up there. He, he wouldn't be on the wage, I'd say, Lewis Dunk should be on, but he should be on the, the players' uh, wages who are probably a little bit older on him, but have been in the team maybe a year or two longer. So that that that's how I see it. But I think the question of whether he should stay or not, I think he should stay at Brighton. I think he will get wise advice in relation to that. While he might be ambitious to want to to get to one of the let's say super clubs in the future, I mean why wouldn't he stay at Brighton if he goes to? You see that with this with young players sometimes. You see with some of the players who signed for Chelsea this season, even likes of Mudrick, who has been a, you know, a bit of a, a, a to degree, a bit of a one season wonder, and he went to Chelsea for for massive money, and he hasn't produced it. He's shown little flashes of it. He's in a team and a club that's suffering at the moment, but I think. He's he's in a very stable club. Even the change of manager, Potter to to the Zerbi has been almost seamless, but it's improved. And uh, I think he'd be better to stay in that environment where the manager is. He's obviously an exceptional coach. He's had the confidence in him to put him into the team and to guide him through his first season. I think he should stay there. Moving to another club where the expectation level would be very high. If he went to, say, one of the top six or seven teams that are regularly above Brighton. I mean, Brighton are up there at the moment. Mm. But the teams who we'd expect that Chelsea will come back into that picture next year, that Liverpool will be better than they are this year, that Spurs will be still somewhere up around there with the other teams that are there. Newcastle have broken in with Arsenal, Manchester United, Manchester City also. Would he be better to go to one of them now? I wouldn't think so. He needs to get games under his belt, experience under his belt, develop physically, technically and tactically. And uh, I, I, I believe that. But then if you know somebody does another Chelsea one on it and 
the sort of money that, that Brighton got for Cucurella after one season in the team. If that sort of mad money arrives on their doorstep again, uh, Brighton might say, OK, we've got other... I think it's an SEO the young player they brought in mm. recently who's been absolutely brilliant, unheard of previously. And there's been one or two others as well. They always seem to have the next player ready to replace the ones who are sold on. Um you know, they they might concede, but I, I think he'd be better off staying with Brighton. Great up, Brian. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. Football on off the ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.